Hello and welcome to episode 77 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo, and someone who was until Sunday a Domino's virgin, Mark. Hmm. Good evening. I don't think I was fully immersed in the... <laughs> what? <laughs> losing my virginity. Uh, well, we did it together, yeah. didn't we? It was gentle Domino's foreplay, it wasn't. <laughs> so how does it feel to finally become a man, Mark? I'm a I... bit underwhelmed. I, it was very kind. You put on a spread, you made an effort. <laughs> yeah, it did. But those... It Did was slightly to... overdone as well, which I was a bit disappointed. It's that right. classic thing where you, you know, I have. A... You wanted everything perfect for me. <laughs> yeah, I did, and it's normally better than that. And then just when you're making a big deal for someone, they come round and they just slightly overdo it. You're like, oh, you. The the chicken strips. Yeah, I didn't think you'd be a fan of them. No, it's hard to believe there was any meat in them. That was the first thing. I'm not even sure it's chicken. Can you remember when you were young? Did I say this last no, week? No, I can't. <laughs> when you used to drink water from your toothbrush. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You run it under the tap and then, and then go... Then you, then you say, yeah, I still do it's it. It's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, Why do, do you it. do that? But it reminded me that I used to do the same in the bath with a sponge. Oh, oh God, no. Yeah. No, Mark, no. Why not? You used to drink your own bath water. You well, filthy... mine and my sister's. <laughs> <laughs> you filthy dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was she going before you? Was she no. in there together? Mm. Right. I think Should after we... my mum... <laughs> And we move on. Yeah. And how old were you? I don't know. I was shaving. <laughs> God, no. I don't know. It's perfectly innocent, isn't it? I think loads of people share a bath. I don't think everyone's going to have your, like, a gasped face. Children share baths. I don't ever remember sharing a bath with my brothers. No? No. Well, it's like... Definitely when... not shaving I, I, together I, in the bath. I was... <laughs> the shaving was joking. Um... I can remember when my dad played for Bristol Rugby, yeah. literally, I used to watch the match and he'd go off the pitch and as he left, as he sort of left the pitch, yeah. he went, you're going to come in and I'd come in and... You'd have a bath with everybody. No, they'd have the communal bath. Yeah. But I don't think necessarily that would be seen as de rigueur nowadays, would it? Like an eight-year-old lad strolling in. Yeah, right. Times have changed. Yeah. Um, I'm totally lost now. Where am I? Oh, you were just having... describing me or something. Yeah. Oh, Domino, <laughs> ex-Domino version. Yeah. Uh, this is a chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, sports, and how we're all holograms until someone interacts with us. We're all work in progress, and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives, and if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us via your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Instagram. You can find us at I'm Finecast. Ooh, and we're on TikTok. I f- totally forgot because... We're not. I've... What? We're no, I don't mean we're not. You've just put us on TikTok. No, I did it ages ago. And then got rid of my TikTok account and totally forgot. So I just I just resurrected it and found us on there okay. again. So, But just talking, obviously. We should do some TikTok. No, there's literally nothing. It's just the account. There's nothing. No, we haven't done anything on there. All right. I thought maybe we could do a live one. Or oh, I don't know how it works. Could we do one today? A live TikTok? Just do one here. Yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what I'm doing. I have to no. look to you. So coming up in this episode, warm up and stretch, got some put marks to do, work-life ballet. We're going to talk about why we won't own anything by 2030. But we will be happy. Yes. Um, and in brain food, we're going to look at cortisol because we came up in a couple of episodes ago and thought we'd run it out. Mm. So Mark, you are looking very well again. You are fragrant too, smelling like only a man who bathes in Joe Malone wood. Not Joe Malone today. Oh, big This one doesn't come out very often. Right. This is like... What is it? Holidays and high days. Hermes. What? What, the couriers? (laughs) (laughs) You mean they delivered it to you? Is that what you mean? (laughs) Are you getting confused again? (laughs) 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 And you got some Amazon deodorant as well, have you? (laughs) Yeah. Hermes. Mm. Okay. That's really that. Is it expensive? Mm. Yeah. You don't muck about with that stuff, do you? No. You don't skimp on the old... Cologne. Mm. Mm. This is episode 77. I'm not going to do that. Ooh, look at this. We're on 77. But? Um, it's the number I'm putting on my motorbike. You're putting on your motorbike? Yeah, I'm going to put number 77 on my motorbike. Where are you going sides. to put it? Okay. I've got little race number plates on the side. Okay. With a Sharpie? No, I'm going to do it properly. You can, use, you. My, yeah. <laughs> you can use my set. You're still over. We haven't talked about this. You're overwhelmed by my L plate on the front of my yeah, motorbike, aren't still. you? Every time I pull up on the bike... You just stare at it going, how have you done? I'm just, I'm over, you are overwhelmed. Aren't you? I went out on a walk and it was parked mm. and 
it had what I thought was a perfectly placed L plate at the back, but it wasn't. It was like um, a sort of drifter type bike, you know, not a chopper, but right. low slung. Yeah. And it was the number plate, very sort of American. Yeah. But they'd done it as well. Their number plate was like actually attached to the bike. Right. I'll tell you what I used to do. Well, where else would you put it? No, no, no. You wear just, it around your neck. You could just duct tape it to the back of the oh, seat or something. That's what you'd do, is it? Back in the day, used to steal tax discs. Never bought tax from a bike. You'd steal it. What if someone else's? Yeah, which I accept in retrospect. Well, they could. They had the act. It's, it's a criminal act. Is that is that your? Yeah. Well, it isn't strictly because they could go and steal. For, it's like a pyramid scheme. Right. They could steal from somewhere else, and there's no losers. It's we'll victimless talking- crime. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not having just, any guilt about that. But if everyone just stole off everyone, it, there'd be no crime. Is that what, basically what you're saying? We're going to be talking about the sharing economy very soon. Yeah, <laughs> the only that, problem it would be is within the tax year if the last person wasn't able to sell it. Yeah, but you used to put it in um, a liquid. I can't remember what the liquid was, some sort of oil or something, and it would um, take off the biro because on tax discs used to be yeah. written the date used to be yeah, written okay, that you yeah. bought it. So that then took it out. But the, the <laughs> So it would be like a pink disc going January 81. Yeah. And then underneath, they would write in your registration. Right. Number. So you just dissolved the biro. Brilliant. And then wrote in your own name. I mean, um, awful. I it's entrepreneurial, could... <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone, yeah. apart from the government and the person you see an anarchist, honestly, aren't you? Mm. Can't aren't you do what are you now? doing these days? Doing something kind of cyber related, <laughs> aren't you? You're probably one of those secret hackers. Pretend you can't use a laptop. You're all over it, aren't you? The school where we play football, I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah. They, did I tell you they've got been up for ransomware? No. Local comprehensive school. And it's like... What, what, what have they got that they're trying to get money out of? Well, yeah. And how much money would they have? Yeah. But yeah, they, it's got in and they're being held to... Yeah, just the ransomware. Mm. Always makes me think of Tupperware when they say it. Always, I almost downplay ransomware. What does it sound very sinister? Just feels like a party that you go around to someone semi to tax. Hey, we're having a ransomware. Come yeah. round. People trying to talk you into ransom. You've got, got to pay to leave. <laughs> um, it's like an Ansomers party, but with attitude, isn't it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> not until you buy some ransomware. <laughs> yeah, it works yeah. the other way to Ansomers. You get chained up when you walk in, <laughs> and then you get released when you bought something. It's good. You really got your money's worth out of that one, haven't you? It's a thought. I'll leave it there. Any more? No. Just quit while you're ahead, right? Yeah. <laughs> so why why 77? I hear you cry. I, I was do. going to ask you earlier. Why 77? <laughs> um, is it because I'm a fan of Formula One's Valtteri Bottas? No, mm. it's not. Uh, well, it's my lucky, well, lucky, my lucky number is seven. So I thought twice is just twice as luck, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in 1977. And also, when you look into it, it's meaning is linked to the revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, as it is writing that the numeral 77 is key to revelation. Biblically, it symbolizes the basis of the word of God. It is said that the number seven is God's numeral, just as Uh the six is connected to Satan. Mm. I've got a feeling you're going to comment. And in that sense, number 77 is associated with perfection. Mm. No, I was just going to go 668. Why? The sign of the devil's neighbor. (laughs) But I did that one before, and I don't think I even delivered that one right. Shouldn't it be 667? No. Think about it. I can't. Well, six, unless on, six, on this is, on this ghetto, six, you just have like consecutive <laughs> numbers, do you? Most people that oh, live in proper places, it's like odd it or even. by two, or it depends which side of the road you're on, doesn't it? Well, it'll still go up by two, whichever side you're on. You're the right oh, side yeah, of the barbed wire, aren't that's you? The, yeah, you're really clever. Um, <laughs> one meaning um, of 77, it means personal freedom. And there are two implications of freedom regarding 77. First, the angels could be sending you a message that you need to set yourself free. Second, it could mean that freedom is what you lack in your life. Both implications only show how important freedom is in your life. Spiritually, number 77 stands for spiritual awakening. And seeing it means that you're about to start experiencing spiritual awareness. You're getting close to connecting with the gods. And you need to do this, help align your thoughts and, and, and with the gods. What? No, no. I was just thinking of a reference from the Bible that I read on seventy-seven. I was going to add to the conversation. Were you? Yeah, you were just huffing. No, no. If I was just wanted to that say back, it. I just wanted. I wasn't huffing. I was just waiting, anticipating. Go on. Go on then. Um, they do say. I think it's in. I think it is in Revelations, maybe sixteen, seventeen. I don't know. Have you read it? The Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I started at the be- well at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the, the, the little, little woods castle like where you start at the back. No, because that's where the toys you, are. You start in the lingerie. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's where you end. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say, Revelation chapter 16, it said, and he believed in all that bollocks about 77, <laughs> shall we smut down? Should be. I should have known you weren't going to have it's anything It's rubbish sensible. what you just said. Um, Isn't there something, 
wasn't there? Well, first of all, the animals went in 7B7, didn't they? Not 2B2. On, no, 4B2. <laughs> Wooden animals. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the animals onto Noah's Ark yeah. went in 7 by 7 Did they? Yeah. Why? Not 2 by 2 also, Some of them went in 2 Also, by two. all the pictures that you see depict like the same sexes going in. There's always those pictures in like kids' books and stuff. And how like, can two, you tell? The two, there's two oh, lions. Two there's two like two male lions going in. You know, yeah. you notice things like God, that. Do you got a problem with that? Very <laughs> 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 oh, good. So thanks for coming around on Sunday. We've already referenced it. Yeah, and thank you for providing. You're welcome. I've, I did feel that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that more often than not, my snacks were more interesting than the football. Yeah. Did you? Would you concur? Mm. Quite it was okay. It was okay. What, the snacks? But having seen Italy play, <laughs> they're going to win it, aren't they? You think? Yeah. Attacking. Yeah. Free football. Mm. Um, so you didn't enjoy Dom- Domino's as much as you probably thought? Or was I, it what? No, was my it expectations were low. <laughs> right. And they, they stayed. They were met. <laughs> uh, Domino's logo. You mentioned the one Domino's. The yeah. Yeah. I me- you mentioned it and I just pretended I didn't hear you. Yeah. I do know what it means, but I can't remember. So tell me. I will. Domino's was founded in Ypsilanti, Michigan, in December of 1960 as Dominic's Pizza uh, by James Monaghan, Tom Monaghan and Dominic Divati. And uh, the reason it had, uh, they obviously use a little Domino's symbol and have mm-hmm. a one, mm-hmm. a single Domino and a, mm-hmm. and a two. Mm-hmm. two it's about how much pepperoni you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a large pizza. <laughs> um, it did depict um, the number of locations that they had in their, in their chain of restaurants. Okay. They were going to add a dot. Each one they added, but I think they well, clearly gave up after three. Mm. So that was it. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Um, Have you noticed the Z on Amazon is curved? The Z? Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was funny what you did. That was quite a good story that you covered with music last time, the golf one. It wasn't a good one. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked it up, and it wasn't what you... It wasn't that strictly whoa, 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 whoa. what your story said. <laughs> so I left Ooh, it out. <laughs> yeah. So for once. It wasn't factually correct. So um, I was going to say to you at the beginning of this, Mark, that it is Thursday night. This goes out tomorrow. Mm. Can we record it without absolute Oh, I see. Because you've got a perfection. busy night ahead. Okay, right. Okay, sorry. I should have, I should have, I should have said that 15 and a half minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I might just leave it all in, just so people can get an idea of what an absolute shower of shit this is without any editing. <laughs> the Matt Hancock of Um Okay, discipline that. Go on. Okay, yeah, the Z is curved. It's got, you know, because it joins A to Z, isn't it? And it's a smile. There's two things. We were talking about things in logos, FedEx, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, FedEx has got the, the arrow. Mm. For people who don't know, have a look mm. at the FedEx logo, spot the arrow. Uh, that's got the, got the smile and the Amazon logo, the little mm. yellow arrow. Mm. goes from A to Z. Mm. And it kind of just squeezes the, but it's like a little cheek, isn't it? The yeah. bottom of the Z. Yes. It's like a little yes. cheeky, dimply yeah, dimple. smile thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, two things. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I've lost my place. Six hours out of that. I'm hot. This is what Mark, I get. Are you? I'm hot. It's hot. Oh, it's muggy. And I'm not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good in the heat. I'm not. I'm grumpy today because I didn't sleep last night. Okay. Oh, so hot. It's stupid. And I got to you. I was late, wasn't I, to you this morning? Mm. Can't do it. It's not really that hot. Yes, it is. Yeah. I know you want another 20 degrees, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. Temperature. I've got something for you. Okay. Um, also, what it's done at work, we've got aircon at work. Mm. Everyone's going, oh, it'd be great. You know, we're in the summer, we'll get aircon. It's a nightmare because no one can decide on the temperature. It's like trying to work out what we're going to play on Spotify. Mm. Absolute nightmare. Mm. You, you would think that everyone would just be happy at room temperature. Is it because people want different temperatures? Yeah. Is it the... But oh, you, kind of, that only becomes a problem when you've got a choice. If you just sat in an office totally. with an aircon, you just sit there and take a jumper off, put yeah. a jumper on. Yes. But no. Oh, a, a half a degree. It's the... Put the oh, fan on a little bit. It's the bit. open window, closed window. This always fascinates me. Yeah. You're sitting in an office and someone says, oh, it's chilly and closes the window. Yeah. Because we were talking about that when we were talking about when people come into a room and just turn the lights on. Yeah. And you're like, what? Well, I was just enjoying sitting in the dark. Yeah. And that then tell you, that... tell you you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But the thing Why with the windows is a really tricky thing. It's like, who wins? Is it the person? Yeah. Who, who's coming who's... in or the person yeah. who's been there? Well, yeah. clearly not the person who's been in there because it's their choice to have it open or closed, whatever. Yeah, but if that's been overwritten, can they then override that person? It could just be... Like tit for tat. Yeah. Yeah, well, it often is, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and showering, I like. Mm. Then having to put sun cream on after you've had a shower. Now, I'm all for the body butter. You've got me into that. Mm. I'm all for that. Mm. 
That is not sun cream. No. It's the opposite. I think it fries you a little bit. What does? Body butter. Fries you? Yeah. If you go out in the sun after, I don't think it has... What, with body butter? Like Mazzola cooking oil or something? (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, it's like actually kind of... Marinating. Marinating some food. Sun cream, okay, is functional and important. Mm. But it's just greasy and horrible, isn't it? And you just had a shot. I'd never use sun cream. Did you not? No. So why are you so brown? It's just a marketing ploy. I, I accept oh, there's so some people who might go. So you think it's a, a complete... Right. So if if we were to do an experiment where I went out in <laughs> the same temperature with and without, you think there'd be no difference? No, there would be a difference with so you. So what you said... Because <laughs> you're a freak of nature. <laughs> uh, yeah. You weren't designed you to go outside. You afflicted, mind you. I'm, I'm, that's pretty much all I do to you. <laughs> yeah. What's that? You, you weren't designed to go outside. <laughs> no, that's right. It wasn't. It's too hot. It's yeah. too sunny. It is. Uh, one of the bookmarks I had here was uh, there's more plastic by 2050. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love your size. Ugh. Never quite know whether you're interested. Or just going to oh, fuck's sake. You interested? Yeah, well, I said it. It is interesting. Will, <laughs> will there be more plastic than fish in the ocean by 2050? Mm. Uh, do you know where this came from? No. Nope. The claim was by Federal Environmental Minister Catherine McKenna on the Liberals' desire to halve the amount of garbage Canadians throw away by 2040. The claim was, if we don't act, plastics will outweigh fish in our oceans by 2050. Yeah, the estimate comes from a report that British sailor and environmentalist Ellen MacArthur introduced at the World Economic Forum in Davos, mm. Switzerland, in January 2016, to highlight the increasing... 2016? Oh, to hi- Why did this come up so recently then? World Economic Forum were shoving it. Oh, out. just kind of re regurgitating yeah, yeah. it like a fish choking on plastic mm. in 2016 to highlight the increasing amount of plastic in the world's waters in a business as usual scenario the ocean is expected to contain one ton of plastic for every three tons of fish by 2025 and 2050 uh, more plastics than fish by weight the report said the analysis is based on a 2015 plastic study by the u.s environmental group ocean conservancy which was peer-reviewed in the journal science and a 2008 assessment of global fish stocks it's got to be legit right Mm-hmm. There's people doing studies and stuff. And it says at the bottom here, it is, however, uh, really a rough calculation based on some educated guesses. <laughs> yeah. And that's before 1.6 billion masks were put in every week or whatever yeah. the stupid number is. That was the other thing. You might be able to explain this to me. We've done a trade deal with Australia that basically we've been totally shafted. The Australian Prime Minister was on today going, basically, this is such a good deal. Right. Like For him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. brilliant. And we, then he said, basically, I don't give a fuck about the UK. We're absolutely... He never said that. He did. Not on the news. Because he's a stand-in. He's a stand-in Prime Minister. Yeah, on GB News, <laughs> he would have done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when Mike Cunz rang in. Sorry, Damon's mum. That's he? true. Oh, did he? You heard about this one, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. No. Okay. Do you want to say that again? No. So, <laughs> no, but it was true. They were done twice, weren't they? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, the oldest okay. trick in the book. And mm. I fell for it. Yeah, so what I was thinking was, we've done a trade deal with Australia. Mm. And a lot of it seems to be based around food products. Hmm. So we live in a country that has quite a lot of rain, some sunshine, yeah, quite a few mountains and rural areas, and like you can grow sheep and stuff, can't you? It's easy. Y- yes. So we've done a deal with a country 9,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. Practically on fire. Yeah. <laughs> in the time when we're all going to be told about climate change and that so we're going to be i guess in airplanes or boats shipping over bits of meat yeah now but we we should be trading sheep with them i don't even know what we're trading or anything we can get we get our hands on anything that anything that will go on a boat is that what you that? no no no, my point is my point is we can breed sheep we can yeah we can grow 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 sheep sheep. i know i said that i did do that on purpose because that's mildly amusing um but it it doesn't make sense to me because like to, ch- to send something by Royal Mail, it's like seven quid sixty if it's tracked and signed for. To send a lamb from Australia, so that the lamb has to be bred. What, tracked and signed for? I don't know how much that would be. It's going to be a few quid, isn't it? It's going to. Well, they have the numbers written on them, yeah. don't they? So they could have a bar. Ah, code. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire today. Mic drop. I've been thinking how to get bar into it. No, I'll just leave it there. But it's fucking stupid, isn't it? To be buying meat from Australia. And sending them whiskey. They can make their own whiskey. We can make our own lambs. Like, just get on with it. And the one part of the deal is that skilled workers under 35 are now going to have more access to be able to stay in Australia longer to work. Mm. Well, that's a great deal for the UK. Mm. We can't get anyone to pick our fruit and veg here because we've pissed Europe off. Mm. So the few people that want to work on farms will send to Australia. It's 
It's madness. It doesn't make sense to be buying meat from 9,000 miles away. Yeah. Ludicrous. Yeah. Mind you don't trip when you get off your soapbox. Mind you get down. <laughs> oh, tip for the day. Right. Wax melts. It's not yeah. a statement. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a fact. it's literally a fact. Just a black fact. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when you add heat. Yeah. No, you know wax melts that you get. Yeah, yeah, vaguely. I yeah. won some in Bolton, as you know, I've told yeah, you. Yeah, I've just put them in the car, not set fires to them or anything. Right. And the car smells absolutely lovely all right. day long. Okay. Just That's a real top tip. Just that should last wax. ages, right? Yeah, but they're not going anywhere. It's not like your fucking magic tree. No, that's what I mean. If It, it if disappears. It, well, technically, something, something's evaporating coming off it, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm there's, not a, say there's the a lot there. The wax is going to disappear. It's all the fragrance in it, yeah. isn't it? But in theory, it should take quite a while. Yeah, next to nothing. I was thinking earlier we haven't done any top tips for a while. There That's a great top tip. Mm, thank but, you. But don't, it's hard to hang from your mirror. <laughs> I don't know what Max... Is it like a big... Is it a candle? It looks like um, a milky bar. All oh, right. It's like a bar, like a chocolate bar. Right, what do you do? It set fire to it? You melt it over um, in like a little wax like a little melter. Dish yeah, in a dish with oh, a thingy underneath. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm with you. But you don't need to set fire to it. Just, Just shove tab- it in your car. Okay. Great. Um, I came into training this morning, and you were you were talking about humours, yeah, not sense of, mm. which you're so clearly full of tonight. Mm. You were talking about what I'm about to talk about, which is ancient humours, mm-hmm. I guess. Aren't you, I was sort you? of double guessing when I was saying it. I didn't know factually if I was correct. So humorism, the humor theory, mm-hmm. or humoralism was a system of medicine detailing a supposed makeup of workings of the human body adapted by ancient greek and roman physicians and philosophers humorism began to fall out of favor in the 1850s with the advent of germ theory which was able to show that many diseases previously thought to be humoral were in fact caused by pathogens mm-hmm. also very topical mm. there are four humors okay do you know about the humors well i spoke today as if i did <laughs> i haven't got a clue <laughs> Um, name one of them and I'll name the other three. Really? You reckon? Yeah. yeah. Blood. Bile? Yes. What colour? <sighs> White bile. No. <laughs> no. You've got blood, yellow bile, black bile and phlegm. Uh, would you like to know more? Mm. Yeah, there's blood, yellow bile, black bile and phlegm. The people who have red blood are friendly. They joke and laugh around about their bodies and for their appearance they are rose-tinted, slightly red and have pretty skin. Mm-hmm. Which is you, pretty much, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> I just tend to like my glasses. Yeah. <laughs> the people have who have um, yellow bile are bitter, short-tempered, daring. They appear greenish and have yellow skin. Mm-hmm. I feel that might be me. Do I look yellowy? Mm. Um, the people who are composed of black bile are lazy, fearful, and sickly. They have black hair and black eyes. Mm. And those who have phlegm are low-spirited, forgetful, and have white hair. Um, Makes more sense than the whole COVID stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, so the some blood. The blood was believed to be produced exclusively by the liver. It was associated with a sanguine nature, enthusiastic, active and social. Yellow bile was associated with choleric nature, ambitious, mm. divisive, aggressive and short-tempered. Mm. Black bile, like this one. Black bile was associated with melancholy nature. The word melancholy itself deriving from the Greek for black bile. Wow. We've been talking about melancholy for ages. Mm. And not even I thought melancholy it. came from mal, the French for ill. Mm. Melancholy. No. No. Um, depression was attributed to the excess or unnatural black bile secreted by the spleen. Cancer was also attributed to an excess of black bile concentrated in a specific air and phlegm was associated with a phlegmatic nature thought to be associated with reserved behavior. The phlegm of humorism is far from the same thing as phlegm as it is defined today. Is that a P-H-L-E-G-M phlegm? Um, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So um, there we are. Yeah. So I was sort of... Yeah, they we, exist. Well, you were talking about kind of, you, you know, you were talking about chemicals in your body and actually yeah. feeling like you are aware of those chemicals. Because I said I was feeling body. purple this morning, didn't I? You did, yeah. Mm. Talking about a colour. Maybe mm. I was going towards black bile. Yeah. Okay, shall we move on? Yeah. We talked about the World Economic Forum and mm-hmm. Davos and the Great Reset. We talked about it a few pods ago. We're talking about what we're going to put in this section today. Yeah. And you're talking about TikTok. Yeah, That's why I've started TikTok yeah. up again. And I thought we probably we could probably do it at some point. I feel like we probably had enough meat on that. I, I think what's happened is we've had a slight shift that, and it might just be in term, terms of our humour, humour. Sorry, it might be. So what I think was happening was when we went into a bit of a meltdown, mm. it was like, oh god, the world's 
how the world is and what can we do about yeah. it? And it was like a bit despair. And now, like I said to you this morning, I still believe nearly everything. And I'm is not written. Really, how can I say this? I'm so pissed off with conspiracy theories mm. being used as a as a as an insult. I just have a different grasp of reality mm. to the mainstream media and a lot of other people. What I'm saying is I think my attitude now is less all doom and gloom. It's almost like an inquisitive nature as, blimey, this is, if this is happening how I think it's happening, it's fascinating. Mm. And watching it is almost like watching a sort of a reality show in front of your eyes because I'll have a thought and yeah. and then it appears. Um, Who's that guy you follow on Twitter who said, I suddenly turned around and said, you, I'll accept all your apologies. Or something. Oh, yeah, Zuby, Zuby Music, great guy. Yeah, he... Um, Zuby's been making loads of claims. Everyone thought he was a bit of a nut bar, right? He's yeah. kind of go, going, yeah, I think you'll find what he's saying is uh, all coming true. Yes. Then I was talking about David Icke when I was doing my yes. RDLs this morning. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, like, I don't know, what, 30-odd years ago when he started coming out talking about, you know, how we're all being played and yeah. large corporates and conspiracies. And I, mean, I do remember the lizards and the royal family being lizards and stuff like mm. that. I'm probably getting him all wrong. He got laughed out of town, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And now he's just done a kind of a video, which I watched about five minutes of it. And he started saying, I've been saying all these things. He listed all the things and they had it all coming up yeah. in the background, all yeah. the things he said. He's not a million miles off. No. no. Arguably. He didn't get onto the lizards in the royal family, but, no. um, you know, we've got holograms, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. But you know, you always laugh when you say it. What? <laughs> yeah, I do. I seriously believe. Yeah, in everything I say. Well, I don't think people are reptiles or holograms, but no. I Although I'd like to know. Well, not I'd, I'd like to know. I don't know why we don't know what Prince Philip died of. No, or with. Hmm. You not find out? You not, not. I've looked. Doesn't oh. say. Oh, right. The only one, just to put in very very quickly, because we're not going to talk about what we've. I've just diverted us onto, but the guy Zuby. As, um, and it's relevant to say he is a black British musician mm. and quite outspoken. He comes across, when you read him, everyone thinks he's American, right. but he comes across, I don't know, he gets some disparaging remarks from black people who feel he isn't representing black right, people. Okay. And he will go, something will happen and he'll go, he, he tends to take a, a sp perspective that that you're either going to agree with or not. So one of the things he was saying about he's anti-vaccine and he was saying, I trust my immune system mm -hmm. and I don't want to have it. I don't trust it. But whatever you want to do, that's fine. And of course, he's then got a tirade of abuse about, yes, well, you need to protect us. And he's gone, if you believe the vaccine works yeah, and if you, you're you need told, to protect you. If look you, after if yourself. That's what yeah. you want to do, yeah. Because you could then say, well, you don't protect yourself because you smoke and you yeah. drink and you're obese. Well, so don't tell with, me. Yeah, he's not coming out with out, outlandish claims no. or he's just going, this is my, yeah. based on my personal yeah. views, is what I want to do. He does wait. He works out. He's hmm. a fit guy and he's going, I think I'm. I think I'm all right. I think yeah. I've got all bases covered. My health is my responsibility. And yeah, then people good. go, well, you're going to go out and spread all this. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway, so all, all the only one point I wanted to make when I, I was going to do a post and I decided against it and I was going to use his start of, I'll accept all your apologies. And I was going to say, Instagram told us we were wrong about masks. YouTube told us we were wrong about vaccine certificates. People have yeah. doubted a whole number of things that I've said in a whole yeah. range of things that have come true. Yeah. And the only point I wanted to say before we just talk about what we're going to is the whole thing about fact checkers. Mm. And Channel 4 have got a fact checking system and they checked something Matt Hancock said. Right. And he said, and it's interesting when you see the video of it, he said, blah, 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 this is true. It's hard to believe, but this is true. What he basically said is at the beginning of the crisis, um, there was no list of old people's homes, care homes. Right. And he went, I went to look for it and there isn't one. And then this short video went, mm -hmm. this was online on, you know, the 1st of March. Yeah. And if you go to the Care and Quality Commission, or I think it's called that, CQC, mm -hmm. they've got a list. And if you go to the National Care Home Association, <laughs> they have a list. Right. And he said, I looked for it because I wanted to contact and work with every care home, but there wasn't a list. Right. And I'm thinking, that's a day's work, you right. know, to find an hour's work for got, some intern to do yeah, it. Yeah, he's got people to do that for And it. so Channel 4 have then looked in and said, he made this statement on this date and this was available on this date. Right. And I thought that was interesting in terms that the fact checkers have tended to be anyone who has got an alternative mm. 
to the mainstream view because the person, uh, Mariana Spring, the BBC's, she isn't a fact checker, but she's anti-conspiracy theorist reporter, just is constantly, look at these anti-vaxxers, look at the anti-lockdown. She's she's got her agenda Mm. and it's to knock everybody else that doesn't follow that agenda. So I thought it was interesting that Channel 4 would come in and said, categorically he has lied to us about the care homes which mm. is a big deal with forty thousand yeah, yeah. people yeah, yeah. dying there but i did uh, there is that bit about who checks the fact checker mm. the fact checkers yeah so. who's monitoring the monitors yeah yeah we've, we've kind of talked about this at training about the fact as we move forward we'll be we'll be owning less and less yeah things personally yes. and collectively as, as, a, as a society i guess ida outkin a danish mp and contributor to the uh, World Economic Forum's Global Future Council suggests that in future people will use her living room for meetings while she goes out to work. This idea mm. that no one own houses, mm-hmm. no one will basically need to pay for goods or services because you're likely to be, or if you don't pay for them, you'll be sharing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't own them, well, you're not likely to own them, mm-hmm. but you'll be you'll be renting mm-hmm. them. I think the e-scooters that we've talked about before are yeah. a prime example. It's basically, yeah, it's a community resource mm. and that you pay as you go. Yeah. Kind of you don't need to, to yeah. pay £500 for one. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to maintain it. You just pay your fiver for the day and away and you go. And off you go. So she writes that once in a while I will choose to cook for myself. It is easy. The necessary kitchen equipment is delivered at my door within minutes. Why keep a pasta maker and a crepe cooker crammed into your cupboards when we can just order them when we need them? It is a bold prediction given that we're widely accused of hoarding stuff right now. Countless magazine articles and self-help books advise people against the dangers of suffocation and environmental agencies warn against our rampant consumerism. Self-storage units were virtually unheard of 30 years ago, mm. but now the industry is worth about 440 million according to the Self-Storage Association UK, and that's just the major players. Yet there is some evidence that the tide is beginning to turn. In fact, official figures suggest our obsession with buying stuff has peaked. Data from the Office of National Statistics shows that the amount of stuff we buy, as measured by weight, fell from 15.1 tonnes per person in 2001 to 10.3 tonnes per person in 2013. But if we aren't buying items, how will we use them? So the sharing economy, which I didn't, I haven't not heard that phrase before. We kind of talked about right at the beginning of the pod, as it's become known, has been growing for several years, especially within London and other large cities. The ONS uh, reports that the sector is worth uh, half a billion in 2014, but estimates now say it will be worth as much as nine billion by 2025, which isn't very far away. PricewaterhouseCoopers goes one further, predicting growth of uh, more than 30% a year between 2015 and 2025. It says that the industry could be generating 18 billion in revenues for the platforms by then and facilitating around 140 billion pounds worth of transactions in the UK so when you alone. say the sharing economy, is this literally people sharing goods, services? Yeah. So in the UK, there are websites that allow users to share property, storage space, cars, designer clothes, handbags, power tools, yeah. and more. And new startups are springing up almost every week. Hmm. Uh, research from Lloyds Bank has revealed that a third of people now use sharing economy services of, of some sort. And one in 10 UK adults offers shared services. Holiday lets are the most common by far. Hmm. So you think about just holiday homes. Just think about people who buy to lets. Yeah. We are talking about that this morning, yeah. weren't we? This article goes on to say, interesting, one phenomenon... Uh, that's already being noticed is that those people who are still buying big ticket items are increasingly spending more on a top end model in order that they can rent it out more easily and make a return on their purchase. Mm-hmm. So anyone who is buying is only renting that so someone else can yeah. share it and have yeah. it temporarily. But when you think about it, I just made a little list of the things that we've already got because mm-hmm. this is not a case of, oh, you know, some, well, 2025 and, or 2030 <laughs> isn't very far away. No. But we've had some of these things for years. Like there's a city car club and there's other, yeah. there's one in Bristol. There's probably yeah. stuff in every city where you can just put your phone next to the car and locks yeah. and then you go, pay as you go, that kind of thing. Yeah. iTunes and Spotify, probably the more obvious ones. Mm-hmm. Remember, wasn't it years ago, wasn't it Sting got his ass in a twist when when it came out that... Sand, you, tantric, tantric sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a move within there, yeah. yeah. Um, when he found out that all the stuff he downloaded from iTunes, he didn't actually own. Did yeah. he? he was only renting. I still renting. find that slightly... Yeah, but it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's naughty, but what, you know, you're right, you're not really owning anything. It's that thin air, isn't it? Yeah. MP3. Yeah. It doesn't really exist, does mm. it? House rentals are so clothing is a massive market. There's a whole, the article is a whole. Actually, I've seen that a lot on design. The, the thing yeah. that made me, I saw um, an organization doing designer wear and said this dress would normally be, you know, a thousand pounds now to most people's reach, but yeah. you can hire it for 150. Yeah. And I'm still thinking, there's two ways of looking at this. One is 150 is a lot 
for yeah. a dress. But yeah. if it's a thousand pound dress, then you might go, well, it's a luxury yeah. investment. And, you're, you're, and you probably only like to wear that. That's it. You'd, you'd, well, you'd have to wear it seven <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah. At 150. Yeah, pounds people a time. buy wedding dresses and never, you know, only, obviously only wear them once. Yeah. They never even kind of, you know, drag them out for a special occasion. <laughs> Someone else's wedding. Always a bit <laughs> awkward, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I guess re- clothes rental isn't, it is far from. That should new. be a thing, shouldn't it? What? That we just agree as a society that you wear your wedding dress. At any wedding you're invited to, <laughs> to two get the things: use out of it. get the use out of it, yeah. so it's not just stuck in the loft. Yeah. Secondly, it encourages sensible eating and exercise, so you can still fit so in it. Still fit, <laughs> right? And thirdly, it shows you made a bit of an effort. Yeah, and also you can't tell who the actual bride is, but apart from that, it's a cracking idea, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wouldn't stand at the front. It wouldn't be the groom would have the a photos. choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just pick one. So clothing isn't isn't rental, you know. Tux is that kind of thing mm. isn't new but when no. you get into the i'm gonna go and just get buy an out rent an outfit tonight yeah. like maybe a casual one yeah or i want a leather jacket for for a week away yeah that's going to be going to become a lot more accessible mm. you can shop online and it delivered and that kind of thing so all the convenience is is delivered and, and i think i was going to say about gyms but that's also about convenience subscription models we we're talking about this this morning as well weren't we yeah pretty much based around convenience and a, and a value perception often skewed Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the gym. You know, you could. Okay, I I understand that you need weights to to build or a room to build a gym, mm-hmm. but there's plenty of things around the house you can lift. You don't need weights to do exercise. Mm-hmm. But you could go and find a couple of sandbags in the garage or yeah. paint tins and yeah. do. You know what I mean? Or buy some dumbbells. It doesn't take that much room. And because some people will go to the gym and just use dumbbells. Yeah. Or go and run. Well, running's free. So it's that kind of. Idea it's like that, James Smith. He says, "I just keep laughing at people who drive to the gym to go on a treadmill." Yeah, that is ludicrous. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but having, I understand that having a gym membership is a, is a step, is the first step to go. But of, is it what ten percent active membership? Go, That's what yeah. it's built on. So it's the like, only time the car parks are ever full is the first week of January. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like banks. If they, if everybody went into the gym who's a member, it, <laughs> you, you, you wouldn't get tra- in. In the same way that if everyone withdrew their money, the there wouldn't time. be enough money, would there? Yeah. So there's the idea that we'd, we'd, we've been doing it for a long time but, and we're kind of doing it even more. It's made, digital is making it easier. Yeah. But if you think about where it's going, and it's almost kind of, what is the point of having anything? And the idea that you're you're renting space to put all the stuff in yeah. that you yeah. don't want in your... Don't want enough, loaf, need your, enough to have near you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like irony beyond irony, isn't it? Yeah. It's like your best cutlery. You could be renting that out, couldn't you? Rather I could. Than that's, that. a, that's a great shout. The interesting thing is you're talking is... The subscription service, especially when some of the subscriptions are like bags of crisps and stuff. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's almost down to a level that I think back in the good old days, mm. our parents would have gone, you're sending out for someone on a bike to go to a garage to cycle to you yeah. and bring you some fizzy like pop and some yeah, crisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the whole notion of that. Mm. But I was thinking it wasn't long ago when if you were getting delivery, it would sort of be, it's going to come this week sometime. <laughs> Yeah, you know, take a couple yeah. of days off work, and, yeah. and we might not even make it if we're busy. Yeah, right. And now it's like, it's like what? I'm not going to get this today. I'm not going to get my <laughs> Haribo today. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's our expectation yeah. now of delivery is same day. Yeah, it, is, it isn't yeah. even. You know, it's got to the point on Prime. Yeah, when I'm looking and going, at eleven o'clock at night, go, what can I buy ten o'clock tomorrow yeah. morning? Yeah. yeah, and it becomes like don't tell me you gamify that as well. <laughs> Buy two items. It's like two it's yeah, like poo sticks. Yeah. See which gets there first. That would be a thing, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you can't, you know, originally when I heard about it, I thought that just sounds ludicrous. But when you look around, you think, actually, most of the things I have are subscription based. Mm. You know, I own devices, but the things that are coming down the devices, I'm paying subscriptions for. Yeah. Most of the tools at work or that the, the we use every day are on subscri- subscription models. Yeah. And also, when you think about it, a lot of jobs a lot of people's jobs are so flexible now mm. that they're almost subscriptions yeah. so a, a, a client of mine is is taking a bit of time off from her job to do dog walking which i think is a really yeah really cool idea to yeah. do six months and just do something you really love but in a way that's a subscription it is, yeah, it? Absolutely. Subscri- you're subscribing to her time yeah yeah the dog in a way is a bit on rent to you because a lot <laughs> of the time it's being yeah you know cared for by somebody else mm. because it's hard to be Looking after the dog twenty four seven. So I suppose it's not just it's not just a benefit for people who are in digital economies as such, or making the tools and the services. It's obviously, good. It's good for brands, and I'm sure, like most of these things, because I was reading about um, self driving cars. I'm quite gotten to this because I'm working on. You know, I think the other day we talked about 
how driving is just being taken away from it. The, the enjoyment yeah. of driving or the sensation of driving and the experience of driving, the fun of driving yeah. has been slowly eroded away yeah. and made too comfortable. You know, you, it's, you're de- being constantly being desensitized, but they're also marketing and wrapping up that desensitization and selling it back to you. Marketeers and brands are slowly ero- in the car industry. Mm-hmm. They're kind of packaging up comfort and convenience and distancing you further away from the driving experience. Yeah. You know, kind of selling it back to you, which is kind of weird. Yeah. So I've been looking into that and also started looking into Tesla self-driving car options. They're going to make their money on the subscription services. Yeah. You know, I, I bought a car. Whereas in the olden days, you know, olden days, <laughs> in the last few years, I, I want to upgrade my alloys mm. or I want a slightly different leather or I want a better stereo. Mm. All that stuff is pretty much stock. You probably can do that. But most of the upgrades and the options are all software based. Yeah. So if I want a self-driving function, I have to subscribe to that. Yeah. When I want to, if I subscribe to that, I don't actually own it. So it's not like I'm buying the option of a self-driving car and then I'm able to sell that on to another owner. Yeah. After I finished with it. Yeah. It disappears, and then they, that person gets the car, and then they have to sub- sign up to a subscription. Yeah, so yeah. they, although they've got a depreciating asset, they've got a standard passive income. Yeah, based on this software feature. And so again, software f- as a service in, but in cars and almost in every area of now of life, there's going to be something yeah. where there is a subscription. I saw uh, that the other day for um, you're going to have a tracker for your cat that goes around its neck. Yeah, but that was a subscription yeah, service. Yeah. And, that, and I just thought it would look on my phone and I can see what my cat's doing. But no, it's sort of yeah. via an organization who yeah. provide the service. Maybe ages ago we talked about Halo. Was that Amazon's little um, wristband? Oh, was yeah. that Halo? Yeah, that's gone very quiet, hasn't it? And that <laughs> seemed to become a thing. Yeah. Again, that was you bought it, but then you subscribed to yeah. it, all the, all the features. Yeah. So and the thing I was going to say was this isn't only available for people who design and develop digital services, but almost any brand who has a customer can now set up some kind of you know, product or service that ultimately can be a subscription model. Just about not owning stuff. Yeah. I mean, one yeah. thing, just yeah, sh- shifting a little bit, is I've mentioned to you on a number of times BlackRock, and I've mm. actually started putting something together on BlackRock, okay. an asset management company who are beyond massive. And I was mentioning to you, I think, in training a week or two ago, that they tend to be building up, uh, buying up residential properties mm. above market price. Yeah. And then turning them into rental opportunities, but like literally coming in with money. Mm. And one of the things that I read about it, and this was so interesting, someone said, why would you come in and offer 50% above Mm. market price? And the other person said is because then you drive up the market price. And someone said, why would you want to do that? Mm. And they said, well, firstly, because your asset then starts growing. Because if a neighborhood, you know, if the average price is half a million and you offer three quarters, then everything shifts up. Yeah, yeah, and if right. you've bought everything on that, yeah. a certain price, it then, yeah, and absolutely. they're going into a neighborhood and, and buying yeah. up. So the early things they buy up yeah. then. But secondly, it becomes priced out of the market mm. and you have to rent yeah. if you want to live in that neighborhood. Right, yeah. So you've taken away the choice. free choice yeah. and then the rentals can be whatever you want. Yeah, and right. I was even thinking this, my dad's house, it's a nice little house. Yeah. It's three bed. It isn't anything special. It's got a small bathroom, a small kitchen. It's got a nice garden. One very large bedroom, two okay bedrooms. Mm-hmm. There'll be people listening to this from a, you know, other parts of the world who might not have the same situation in terms of property prices. That's going to go on the market at £650,000. Mm. So two-thirds of a million pounds mm. for a very relatively small house mm. but because of its area yeah the estate agents today said we're going to have an open house we're going to get like 20 people on one day coming in to look at it mm. now i'm sort of going well in that case it's seven hundred thousand. so we've actually <laughs> put in the price offers in excess of right because the demand i think yeah. is actually going to drive the price up mm. but it doesn't reflect the value yes it reflects well, the value is whatever someone will pay for it. Of course, it. It, yeah, yeah, that's right. And if that then goes for 700,000 mm. and everybody else in that yeah. road has seen that exponential rise, yeah, 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 yeah. then it goes up and up and up. And so yeah. soon nobody will be able to afford to live there. <laughs> yeah. And so that, you will yeah. only have a choice of renting. If you mm. want a three-bedroom house anywhere near this area, you're yeah. going to have to move out and rent. And yeah, it's, right. yeah, I think the rental market's almost, it used to, everyone used to go, oh, it's dead money or but I think people now, it's just a convenience. Mm. It's just, as you say, it's a subscription service renting a, a property. Yeah. So now for the first time in six, I think six years, for the first time in more than six years, renting is cheaper than 
buying a house. For the past five years, on a monthly basis, buying a home has been cheaper than renting. In March 2020, a buyer with a 10% deposit would have been £102 per month better off buying than renting. But the pandemic has reversed this trend. In May, it was £71 per month, 7% cheaper for the first time. Buyer with a 10% deposit to rent a home in the UK than it was to buy. Is that because market values have risen so quickly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But exactly what you were kind of just saying about yeah. the house, it's kind of been driven up. There's a frenzy, but people who aren't in that position just driven to driven to rent. Yeah. Um, right, moving on. Cortisol. You know about cortisol, don't you? What I'm what I'm hoping is that you're going to give fact factual credibility to my <laughs> slightly vague scientific. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. Mm. Oh, well, we're talking about it. What are we talking about? Do you remember? Uh, fat retention. Oh, that's right. So what is cortisol? I'll put all these links up, but um, think of cortisol as nature's built-in alarm system. It's your body's main stress hormone. It works with certain parts of your brain to control your mood, motivation, and fear. Your adrenal glands, uh, the triangle-shaped organs at the top of your kidneys, make cortisol. Cortisol plays an important role in a number of things uh, that your body does. For example, it manages how your body uses carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps inflammation down. It regulates your blood pressure, increases your blood sugar, glucose, controls your sleep-wake cycle, which I have something on in a minute, and boosts energy so you can handle stress and restores balance afterwards. Mm. Quite a lot. How does it work? Your hypothalamus and pituitary gland, both located in your brain, can sense if your blood contains the right levels of cortisol. If the level is too low, your brain adjusts the amount of hormones it makes. Your adrenal glands pick up on these signals, and then they fine-tune the amount of cortisol they release. Cortisol receptors, which are in most cells in your body, receive and use the hormone in different ways. Your needs will differ from day to day. For instance, when your body is on high alert, cortisol can alter or shut down functions that get in the way. These might include your digestive or reproductive systems, your immune system, and even your growth processes. Sometimes your cortisol levels can get out of whack. I can remember someone saying to me is that the expression butterflies in your stomach, and we've done the the, 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 the brain-gut axis, was um, the butterflies in your stomach, say, before you go on stage, was cortisol mm. shutting down because if you're in a stressful situation, the last thing you need to do is digest food. Yeah. You need to have blood going to your extremities mm-hmm. so you can fight or run. Yeah. And they were saying that's where that sort of... And that sort of makes sense, doesn't mm. it? It's it like... It just diverts it. Yeah. To where it it's not it. important to break yeah. down that <laughs> dominoes. <laughs> you no know one can ever break down that domino. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> Um, in terms of stress, after the pressure or danger has passed, your cortisol level should calm down. Your heart, blood pressure, and other body systems will get back to normal. But what if you're under constant stress and the alarm button stays on? It can derail your body's most important functions. It can also lead to a number of health problems, including anxiety and depression, headaches, heart disease, memory and concentration problems, problems with digestion, trouble sleeping, and weight gain, mm. which is what mm. which is kicked this off in the first place. Too much cortisol, a nodule in your adrenal gland or a tumour in the brain's pituitary gland can trigger your body to make too much cortisol. This can cause a condition called Cushing syndrome. Have we talked about that? We haven't, have we? No. It can also lead to rapid weight gain, skin that bruises easily, muscle weaknesses, diabetes and many other health problems. Too little. If your body doesn't make enough of this hormone, you have a condition doctors call Addison's disease. Mm. Usually the symptoms appear over time and they include changes in your skin, like darkening on scars and in skin folds, being tired all the time, muscle weakness that grows worse, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, loss of appetite and weight and low blood pressure. If your body isn't making enough cortisol, your doctor may prescribe dexamethasone, hydrocortisone and and prednisone tablets. Look at my third search there. Uh, oh, yeah. Dexamethasone. Yeah, which is what you've just said. said. Yeah, it was. Do you know that it's been found to have massive positive effects for hospitalised patients with COVID-19? Really? Yeah. Oh. But, like ivermectin? Or is that a different thing? Yes, like ivermectin. Oh, okay. That was in... Oh, I'm not going to go into ivermectin again. No. <laughs> but um, dexamethasone, the, the research was done quite a few months ago mm-hmm. and was shown and it was peer-reviewed and journaled that it had uh, a very good effect on hospitalised patients' recovery. Okay. And, of course, it's disappeared now because it's a really cheap <laughs> drug. The drug was £3.50 a day. Oh, right. It's disappeared now. Right. I've never heard it mentioned. Yeah, um, 16th of June, 2020, dexamethasone is a steroid that's been used since the 60s to reduce inflammation. 
the World Health Organization welcomes the preliminary results and mm. then it's all gone quiet, yeah. like vitamin D. I just want to do a really quick thing on cortisol and sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. Cortisol is a major but not the only hormone that functions within the system and um, that has direct effects on sleep. Sleep facilitating hormone melatonin is another. Together, melatonin and cortisol work with the HPA, ac- HPA axis. Oh God, I don't know what that is. The HPA axis is uh, short for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, just so you know. Mm. Together, melatonin and cortisol work within the HP axis to regulate sleep and wakefulness. When it comes under prolonged or chronic stress, this network can become constantly activated, the hypothalamus and pituitary gland constantly signaling the adrenal system to produce more cortisol. It is cortisol's role as part of this axis that's attracted a lot of attention from sleep scientists in recent years. That's because chronic stress is such a widespread problem with such deep effects on sleep. It's also because cortisol and the HP axis it operates within interact with sleep in several different and important ways. That's why you, when I was a little bit pejorative earlier when you were going, oh, I've had a terrible night's sleep because of the yeah. heat, my my sort of root cynical nature was going to go, I guess in the Caribbean, no one ever gets to sleep then. Well, oh, well, they're used to it. No, it's your body can cope with 16 degrees and a slightly humid atmosphere. Mm. But it could well have been your cortisol that was causing you not to sleep, but mm. it's that gets directed to trying to find something. Oh, it was a bit muggy and I didn't sleep. I had a client today who said I didn't get good sleep and because there was going to be a thunderstorm. And it's like, well, there wasn't a thunderstorm. Yeah. It wasn't baking hot. It wasn't in the 20s. Yeah. You probably set your thermostat for about the same temperature as was. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And you could just nap in the day. And I think it's, it almost becomes something like cortisol doesn't get the press it should yeah. because it is so vital, like we've said, with the vagus nerve. Yeah, yeah. But we look for something easy. It's like, oh, I ate late. That was something else someone said to me yeah, today. Yeah. I couldn't sleep because I ate late. Now, that might be a reason, mm. but it might be that the stress of not eating until 11 o'clock at night mm. and the hormones that your body produced. Yeah, right. yeah I, think it's, I think it is, especially with sleep. I think people look for something that they can just put their finger on yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, and I guess if you've just got general stress in your body... If it's hyped up for fight or flight, then it yeah. probably isn't going to go to sleep because your body's being told, don't go to sleep because yeah. the bear will catch you. Yeah. Uh, research shows that the heightened HP access activity is linked to more restless, fragmented sleep, less slow uh, wave sleep and lower overall sleep amounts. This strongly suggests a role for cortisol as a sleep disruptor. High cortisol is associated with obesity as well as depression, anxiety and other stress-related mood disorders. These are conditions that often contribute to and occur alongside insomnia and sleep apnea Mm. to kind of regulate levels of that uh, research shows light to moderate exercise doesn't create a a short-term spike in cortisol like intense exercise can yoga and tai chi two fantastic and gentle mind body exercises for sleep have been shown in scientific studies to lower cortisol Uh, deep breathing exercises which we've done Mm -hmm. with the mindfulness stuff developing mindful awareness about our own stress and its triggers helps to relieve the stress and reduce cortisol. Research shows that mindfulness-based stress reduction lowers cortisol in the body. Changing patterns of negative thinking can also reduce cortisol. That's really hard to do, isn't it? To change your to change from a negative outlook to a positive yeah. one. Um, but studies show that when we address these thinking patterns and employ positive thinking in their place, cortisol levels go down. Positive outlook is also linked to better sleep. Uh, mindfulness is a powerful contributor to healthy sleep. Amelia was saying that that she just puts on calm and just falls asleep, but it doesn't have to be the mindfulness. It can be the sleep stories. When you're reading stuff out like that, what goes through my head, and I'm no different to anybody else, I'm probably worse in a lot of ways, is that the answers are already there and we know them. Mm. And what we do, this is a sweeping generalization, (laughs) but what a number of us do is continually undermine Mm. what we know. Yeah. And then we're surprised at the results. Yeah. And I saw something the other day that said, it was done in the form of a text where someone was texting their self. Mm. And they said, why when you wake up is the first thing you do, look at your phone. Yeah. The first thing I would like you to do is go and have a shower or go and stand in the sun. Yeah. And you think, yeah, it's the start of the day. Yeah. I should be getting something that's wholesome, that hits my vagus nerve in a good way, mm. that is life affirming. Mm. And instead... I go on to Twitter and yeah. read more books. Because you, you naturally, I think your body naturally produces cortisol to interrupt sleep to actually wake you up. Yes. And I think then if you start looking at your phone. Yes, exactly. You're putting that, a layer on something. Yeah, unnaturally keeps, I think, the cortisol levels 
kind of going when you yes. don't, don't kind of yeah you're it. feeding it aren't you yeah yeah um i have to do it very quickly cortisol and coffee mm-hmm. they say you know coffee isn't the best thing actually to to have as soon as you get up no i've heard that, yeah you because, wait a bit because your body is kind of doing that naturally doing the the awakening yes <laughs> yeah anyway yes. so leave it a little bit longer than when you've just you know <laughs> yeah until you've opened your eyes a bit Caffeine increases the level of cortisol in the body. So when you consume a cup of coffee within the first hour or two of waking, you are not likely to be getting caffeine's full benefits because your body is already at its peak cortisol yeah, level, yeah. trying to get you going, get it, get you up in the morning. It is also thought that early morning caffeine might interfere with your normal morning cortisol production and your stress adrenal glands if you consume too much. Mm. So your body's just doing loads of cool stuff anyway to get you going, get you up, get your ass out of bed and get you moving. So yeah, when you think, oh, coffee's waking me up in the bed. Yeah, it's that's probably what everyone not. says, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Your body's waking you up. So maybe get to work and then, then have one. But um, yeah. there you go. Um, I have to wrap it up, Mark. Unless there's anything you got to add on that? No, of course there's all. No. That's it. For, oh, no, it's not. Have we got a um, mailbag? No, I just got um, a couple of things that crossed my mind. Is that the way things can be said. Did I do this one to you? It was a, somebody had paid their partner a compliment and said, I think I did this one with you, in this light, you look beautiful. And she went, gee, thanks. And I thought to myself, if he'd said, you look beautiful in this light, it's the same words, but Mm. the order changes. One becomes almost like sort of a compliment and then taking it away. Yeah. But they are saying the same thing. And I just thought how, because of the, the difficulties I have with language. Yeah. The same thing can be said very, very subtly different and have a massive different effect. That just got me thinking. Okay. That whether we're hearing things this, incorrectly this, from this the way so, they're yeah, meant. Yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real tiny, tiny difference in its structure. Yeah. It's huge in its meaning, isn't it? Yeah. And why that came about is I'm struggling, I've struggled with some words mm. and I'm not struggling with stuff because I'm doing <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm struggling with then. Then. Yep. Text conversation, I've got to go now. Okay, then. The emphasis <laughs> right. of the then, to okay. me, is like, it's it's a big putting your foot down. It's almost going, okay, then. There's no, there's no need for the then, except for an emphasis, right? Okay, then, that's what you're going to do. Oh, uh, yeah, so if you kind of, yeah. Because it, it doesn't mean anything. But it's almost a reflex, though. People are saying it without, you know... I don't even know exactly. why they're saying it. You, no. Which is kind of your but point. But it's what I hear, <laughs> because, and this is the point I'm saying. It isn't that the word no, is no. wrong in the same way that okay isn't wrong. If I mm. hear something in a certain way and I interpret it, if someone says to me, okay then, it's like straight away I'm, I feel like I've been shouted mm. at. I guess when you start to really think about it, because you, you say it and you, you put your own tone on it, that's why emails and texts can be so dangerous. Because yes. you, yeah. you can put all sorts of inflections on it that makes it sound... Yeah passive aggressive and if you're looking for it to be said and you have this voice in your head and i hear the voice in my head saying okay then okay then you're going i mean okay is bad anyway okay then it's just a double but i just think it's i wonder how many you know if 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 we were taught almost like a text etiquette i must admit now ever since we started talking about the text every not just to you but mainly to you Mm -hmm. i will make more of an effort i will go to you know because it's habit just to go okay Mm. Or sometimes I just want to go like PFT, you know, PFT, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of joking disgust. But then yeah. I can kind of go, well, if you're in the wrong, wrong place, then that's not going to be helpful. Yeah. So I do try and go, you know, spend an extra 10 seconds and write some other words. Yeah. But that I think is important. Yeah. And I recognized I'm and still you do, not you good at it. it. You, I'm trying, but I'm still you, not good at it consistently. You I did still... one this morning when I said I was going to be late. Yes. I consciously, I really yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Because I said something like, it's never uh, a problem. Oh, yeah. Well, what's new? <laughs> yeah. Lazy no, yeah, you said never, yeah, never a problem. I, I really good. thought nice. about that. And yeah. I thought, I don't want to do no worries because you might not have been worrying. <laughs> yeah. That's the assumption, well, isn't well, it? Well, I was. Yeah. <laughs> you were just informing me. If I go no mm. worries, it's like, well, now I'm yeah. putting a layer on. And I thought never a problem is, that's true. It's never yeah. a problem if you're five okay, minutes Okay, then. Just has totally Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, to be expected. <laughs> yeah. But I'm wondering whether, I mean, I know I'm open about it and it affects me maybe more than some other people, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's other people are sort of being, I don't mean hurt, it isn't a big hurt, but are being affected by language and not recognising it. Whereas if we all yeah, yeah, just, just shifted some of the words or lost some of the words we use, mm. whether it would make a difference. Mm. 
that's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far and thanks for listening to us. Give us a follow on Instagram at imfinecast and send your feedback and ideas to imfinecast at gmail.com in the next episode. Looking into BlackRock. Yes. Is this kind of some proper investigative journalism? Like a panorama style? Well, here's, here's a bit of clickbait. And I know it's 30 seconds because you're thinking, I've got to edit this fucker and get it out mm. to you by one in the morning. It's, never, it's not going to come out tonight, is it? Tomorrow's not going to be out tomorrow. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Mm. Okay. okay, then. Very, very. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. BlackRock, I think, is in the top three shareholders of Pepsi mm. and of Coke. Mm-hmm. And this is what's got me investigating because Pepsi and Coke aren't rivals. Mm -hmm, If you're owned by the same people, Mm -hmm. all that those people are interested in is increased sales. Yeah. And one last little bit, the whole Cristiano Ronaldo (laughs) thing. Yeah. It's like even Russell Brand was saying it's wiped billions off Coke. Bollocks. That's what they're saying. They reckon it's four billion. Yes. Four billion dollars. He's been, he's been all over, in the, especially in the, the Middle East, all over KFC ads, all right. eating chicken, all sorts of things. And he's advertised Coke before. Right. Because Pogba did it with the Heineken, didn't he? Yeah, alcohol zero. Yeah, it was a zero alcohol. Zero, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, the point I was making is that, that, that it doesn't matter if they've wiped four billion, because if you're going to go, right, I'm not going to drink Coke. I'm going to get by the other one. I'm going to buy the other one. Yeah, so yeah. it doesn't matter. It's, it's wonderful for them, isn't it? It'll raise both it. of them. It'll raise both of them because people are talking about it. Unless he's still got an, a deal with Coke, in which case yeah. he's, he's made the headlines, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just didn't why the Coke had been there. They don't seem to be one of the official sponsors mm. listed, but mm. maybe it's just product placement, very clever product placement. Mm. But yeah, that was the point while I was looking into BackRock is if you if you own... It's basically, it's, it's monopoly, not a cartel. And that's, that's mm. important, I think. Mm. Okay, cool. Uh, so we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. Okay, bye. Bye.